a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources on a Monday. Hope you're having a fantastic day out there. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And uh, we covered a lot of ground today. We just uh, wrapped up my conversation with Representative Tulsi Gabbard uh, from Hawaii, presidential candidate. As she uh, holds on, she's uh, got really one more big run, I think, in terms of uh, Super Tuesday. And then we'll have to make some of those hard decisions, along with a host of other candidates that we're tracking here on KSL. Uh, also, just as we went to the break, uh, we've uh, been uh, looking in at the tribute to Kobe Bryant. Uh, his uh, widow, Vanessa Bryant, is currently speaking to a jam-packed Staples Center uh, that is filled with literally the who's who of the game of basketball. And uh, very fascinating to just watch and see uh, just how many lives were touched and influenced by uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, uh, who, as we've mentioned, has uh, were tragically killed in a helicopter accident a few weeks ago. Uh, in the spirit of, of that basketball movement and what happened, you know, we often talk about Jackie Robinson uh, breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. And it most people are unaware of a an unheralded, unsung hero from right here in the state of Utah uh, who broke the color barrier in professional basketball. And uh, finally, this, this past week, the Utah legislature passed a resolution honoring this uh, unlikely trailblazing hero. Uh, the honors are for uh, Wataru or Wat uh, Misaka. Uh, Wataru Misaka. Uh, and an interesting story for him. Uh, he was only five feet, seven inches tall, uh, son of Japanese immigrant parents, uh, didn't seem like he was uh, on the path to play basketball at five, seven and, uh, ended up playing on the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, but he taught so many different lessons. This, uh, again, that so many of the unlikely and unheralded heroes that are out there, the heroes and heroines that just get things done in our communities. Uh, they have so many lessons to teach us about how we can improve our neighborhoods and how we can improve our nation. So Misaka, as I mentioned, grew up in Ogden and was the first non-white player in professional basketball. He passed away in November of 2019 at the age of 95. And when he passed away, uh, Harrison Smith of the Washington Post uh, wrote a beautiful tribute. Uh, And one of the things he said was, seven months after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in professional baseball, Wat Misaka came off the bench in Madison Square Garden, scored two points for the New York Knicks in an 80-65 to win over the Washington Capitals. Uh, there it was. It was, a, it was another heroic, pioneering moment in American sports history. Uh, but Misaka already knew what kind of grit it took to make history. He'd, he'd been there before at the University of Utah. 
he was part of that very tenacious group uh, who won some things on the national stage. And he was the he was really the tenacious, spunky, disruptive uh, defensive piston in that engine for the University of Utah Utes uh, for two miraculous national championships, ironically achieved in that same famous Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, but like uh, most of the really great heroes out there, uh, Wat Misaka, uh, he knew that duty always comes first. And you have to be committed to causes that really transcend yourself or your sport. Uh, after the Utes won their first championship together in 1944, uh, he put aside his uh, basketball and uh, served the United States Army uh, during World War II. He also he he related in an interview, uh, I believe it was with NPR uh, years ago, about a decade ago, how odd his life was uh, at that time because he found himself for a period he was still playing basketball while 120,000 or so of his fellow Japanese-Americans were being moved to internment camps uh, uh, around uh, the state. There were some here in, in Utah where they held many Japanese-Americans after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, but uh, what Misaka had this, this drive, this tenacity uh, that uh, made him really one of those special players. Again, only 5'7 as a basketball player. Uh, but did so many things. He was part of another Cinderella story, the uh, 1947 NIT championship uh, run, uh, where they took on in the finals the uh, vaunted Kentucky Wildcats and their famous coach, Adolph Rupp. And uh, interesting, it was not long after uh, what uh, Misaka passed away, Arnie Farron was asked uh, about that team. And this is what he said about uh, Misaka. He said his contribution to winning a national championship may not be remembered, but his play, his play, won the championship for Utah in the 1947 tournament. And this this was the setting. So again, Wat Misaka was the he was the defensive specialist, and he was given the task of guarding the best player in the nation, the highest scorer in the nation, Ralph Beard. And not only did he guard him well during that game, he shut him out, completely shut him down. And I believe he got he may have gotten one point at the end of the game, but uh, that was it. And, and that was really the, the difference. And so there, there aren't a lot of headlines for people who uh, play defense, especially in today's world. Uh, but Wat Misaka was one of those who, who did it because you have to be relentless. You have to be committed to the team over your own interests in order to make that happen. And that is a, a great lesson and a great legacy for all of us. Uh, and so I want to tip my hat uh, to Wat Misaka as well. It's an overdue honor. Uh, his jersey will be put in the rafters at the Huntsman Center. Uh, he was an honorable man with a rich Japanese-American heritage. And he shows what it, what it takes to break barriers. He broke that barrier, the first non-white player in professional basketball. He lived without bitterness or regret. Uh, but most important, it was what he did off the court that's really worthy of emulation. So his history-making first really created a heroic legacy that would last. And it shows us once again that it's community that leads. It's culture that leads. Politicians follow in the end. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today... See something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.